Good morning and welcome to Next Level Church. Uh, my name is Brad Medford uh, and I am uh, usually here on Sundays uh, hanging out back in the production area clicking some buttons and things. But on occasion, Clay does give me the opportunity to get on the stage and I really appreciate when he does that. So uh, looking forward to our time together and I'm excited to dig into God's Word. I, I really hope that what you feel today is that we're in this together, that it's not so much me teaching you and talking at you, telling you what the scriptures have to say, but hopefully this is us together encountering what the living God has to say in his word. So with that in mind, we are continuing in a series that's entitled Faith IRL, or in other words, Faith in Real Life. Today, in part three of that series, we're going to spend our time together in the second chapter of the book of James. Pastor Doug, he covered um, chapter one in weeks one and two, so I would encourage you to go back and catch those if you miss them. Now, Faith in Real Life is an interesting title for a series, if you think about it. It has a built-in implication that I think is pretty relevant for our text today. Teaching about faith in real life implies that there exists a faith that doesn't really work in real life. Think about that for a second, and we'll come back to it. Before we get too far, uh, I have a question for you. Have you ever bought something or received something that didn't work? Maybe you picked something up from the local big box store and you got really excited about it, uh, what, it what it could do for your life, how it could make things better, easier, etc. Then you get home, you unbox it, Maybe you plug it in, maybe you got to put batteries in it, but whatever the case, it doesn't work. Uh, maybe you saw something on Amazon. We recently had uh, the Prime Day, so I'm sure many of us had boxes showing up. Uh, maybe you did that and you opened up whatever it was that you picked up only to find out that it doesn't work. It doesn't, maybe, maybe it just flat out doesn't work, or maybe it doesn't work the way you thought it was going to, or something to that effect. Um, last year, around Christmas time, uh, I bought an Apple Pencil. Okay. I did this as a Christmas gift for my daughter. She's got an iPad that she uses for school, and she was really uh, wanting an Apple Pencil because she loved the idea of being able to draw and color and all of these things. And so she had been really wanting one for, for a while, so I got on Amazon. I picked up the Apple Pencil, got it delivered in time for Christmas. And so Christmas morning, we've got the Apple Pencil. We're good to go. Now, she was really excited when she unwrapped it. She, she saw that particular gift, and like I said, she had been waiting on that one, so she, she was happy. Uh, fast forward about 15 minutes. You know how Christmas morning works. Um, all the gifts get opened in really rapid succession. Um, you know, wrapping paper goes everywhere, and then comes decision time. Uh, what's going to get played with first? This is usually the time where I'm trying to find batteries that I didn't realize I needed and cannot go out and buy because it's Christmas morning. Uh, anyway, Caitlin immediately, first choice is the, is the Apple Pencil. So she goes, she gets her iPad, she opens up her shiny brand new Apple Pencil and goes to work setting it up. Within just a few minutes, it became apparent that it was not working. After a little bit of research, we figured out that it wasn't working because brilliant dad over here bought the second generation Apple Pencil and her iPad is only compatible with the first generation one. <sighs> Uh, I'm sure you've been there uh, or something similar. Uh, investing in something that doesn't work, quite frankly, sucks. <laughs> and while it's no fun for the Apple Pencil or the blender or even your car or whatever to not work, how much worse is it to have a faith, a belief in God, in Jesus, 
that doesn't work. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, as you're most likely aware by now, our series is a study on the book of James, which is a letter to the church. So he's writing to believers in his day, and here's what we've said about the book of James. It was written to instruct Christians to live out their faith in a world that doesn't carry the same values as the kingdom of God. Now, here's what I want you to remember as we jump in. We're going to do a little bit of a review. Um, the Bible was not written in chapters, right? It's, it's, it's books that have been compiled together. So when James wrote the, what we call the book of James, he just wrote a letter, and he wrote a letter to the church. He, he didn't break it up. Chapter and verse and all of those things were added later. So I think it helps us to see just a little bit of the flow as Doug has talked about these things, in chapter 1, uh, right off the top, he encourages us to find joy in trials because of the good things that they bring, mainly perseverance you know, that it brings into our lives. He encourages us to seek wisdom from God and, and, and encourages us that, that God will freely give that wisdom if we seek it and we seek it with faith. Uh, he addresses temptation and the reality that temptation is not from God but from our own desires. And he finishes chapter 1 with an exaltation to not just be hearers of the word, but doers. Chapter 2 begins with a discussion on the sin of partiality. Well, that's not our main text today. Uh, it, it all matters. James teaches us that being partial to people because of the benefits we get, be it political, monetary, etc., is not the way of Jesus. And after that conversation, he gets to our text for today and he begins it with a question. He asks this, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? And it seems like a, a pretty important question, right? <laughs> the implication should be pretty obvious. Uh, there were those in that day and time, much like ours, who said they had faith, claimed to be believers and followers of Jesus, but their lives their actions, their words, their deeds didn't seem to match up. I have no doubt that you've seen this in your own life as well. We've all met people, known people, maybe been raised by people, or maybe been married to people who claim to be a follower of Jesus, but their life and their actions didn't really seem to match. And by this point in James's day, there has been a lot of preaching about the grace of God and about his mercy. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, tells us this, "'For by grace you have been saved.'" And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So it seems to be a reasonable argument that's popping up, that someone could say they have faith, but not works. James wants to address this philosophy, and he does so with a poignant question. Can that faith save him? In other words, James's question is, does it work? Does that kind of faith work? In the letter he continues, but he, but he doesn't give us an immediate direct answer. Here, here's what he says. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is this? We, we, we said earlier that James is a, is a practical book about how to do life in this world. And this is an example James is asking, like, look, we can, we can say some things and we can, we can have well-intentioned words. 
We can say good things. We can say kind things. We can say nice things. But does it work? Does does that fix this person's problem? Do do they magically become full? Are are they magically fed? Are they they clothed and warm simply by our words? (laughs) Of course, the answer is no. James continues, so also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And maybe you've heard this before. Uh, Certainly this passage has been preached uh, many times. Here we hear James say these words, faith without works is dead. That's his answer. Does it work? No. Uh, I'm going to rephrase it just a little bit for us and say it this way. According to James, faith without works doesn't work. Now, if that feels off to you, if that, if that bothers you, sometimes we hear this and we're like, but what about Paul and what about grace and what about mercy? James goes on in the next verses to provide a pretty convincing argument. Uh, I'm just going gonna, gonna to read this section through. I'm not going to put it up on the screen because it's kind of a lot, but we'll get through it and, uh, and we'll talk about some points after I finish. In verse 18, he continues, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Strong words. Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see, a person, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. 25, and in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Now, I'm going to break some of these things down. I know that's a lot of text. There's definitely a few things to look at. First thing I want you to notice is this. James says that even the demons believe and shudder. Have you ever thought about that? The demons, they believe in God. Like, like they really, really believe. Like they, they know who God is. They, they know that God exists. And yet their faith, if you'll use that word, it's not going to save them. It isn't making their existence any better. <laughs> In other words, it, it, their faith doesn't work. That statement alone should make us stop and consider the kind of faith that we have. Uh, James goes on to point to a couple of people whose stories can be found uh, in the Old Testament. If you're not familiar with Abraham or Rahab, Rahab I encourage you to check them out. I'll give you a quick summary. Um, Both of these people were regular people with regular people issues. They had problems. Um, Abraham, um, he was a guy who uh, lied multiple times. He misled people. He tried to pass off um, his wife as his sister just so that he wouldn't get in trouble. Um, At one point while he and his wife were trying to have a child and and, and she was not able to conceive, um, they decided to bring in a teenage girl and use her. And Abraham had sex with her and had a baby through her. Like He didn't make the best decisions. He, he He was a guy who was human and had problems. But here's what he also had. He had faith. He had faith. And his faith that he had in God caused him 
to move. It caused him to do incredible things. Uh, This passage references him being willing to follow God to the point of sacrificing a child. Now, he didn't end up having to go through with that, but he had the faith to do it if that's what was necessary. He had the faith to lead a nation. Rahab, as we said, uh, she was a prostitute. That tells you she had some issues. But just like Abraham, she had faith. And that faith caused her to move. It caused her to to risk her own life in sheltering the spies so that that the people of Israel could eventually take take into the promised land. Both of these people, normal people, lots of problems, but they had faith in God. And that faith allowed them to move and allowed them to see God move in pretty amazing ways. It seems clear to me that James believed there's a type of faith that works and a type of faith that doesn't. I agree with him. And I think if you're anything like me, the last thing you want is a faith that doesn't work. So the question becomes, uh, how do you know? How do you know if your faith works or not? Um, I've heard this example used uh, in, a, in a couple of different situations, so I won't take credit. I think most recently I heard um, Clayton King down at New Spring Church um, tell a similar sort of example and story to, to illustrate this concept. Um, the word faith is tied pretty closely to the word believe, right? Like if we have faith in something, we believe in something. I'll use those fairly interchangeably. So what do you believe about George Washington? I know, seems random. Stay with me. Uh, Would you say that you believe in George Washington? I I think we can all agree that that George Washington is a a real person who really lived uh, here in the United States before they were United States and and after, but whatever. Um, I think we can agree he did some pretty cool things. He, He helped the colonies win the Revolutionary War. He moved, helped move us toward independence, and he became our nation's first president. List goes on and on. Uh, You may well know a lot more about George Washington, uh, but the question really is, do you know George Washington? Think about it. All we can really do is know about George Washington. None of us had the opportunity to know him. That's a type of belief, uh, a type of faith, but I don't think it's the full picture. Now, what if I ask you about your mother? or your father, or maybe your spouse, do you believe in them? It's a different kind of belief, isn't it? For the people you're closest to, your belief in them or your faith in them has caused you to do some things, right? Think about it. Uh, Maybe your faith in your mother has made you make your bed. Maybe your faith in your father has made you stop picking on your brother, at least for a little while. Uh, Maybe your faith in your parents or a teacher has made you try something that you didn't think you could do. Maybe your faith in a coach made you go out for the team or put more work in in the offseason. Maybe your faith in your spouse allowed you to face some hard things, a diagnosis, an addiction, or a death of a loved one. You see, when we have faith in someone, it changes the way that we act. This is the kind of faith that works. Now, do you notice the difference in the faith you have in George Washington and the faith you have in the other people I noticed? I would argue that the difference is this, love and relationship. Faith without love isn't faith, it's knowledge. 
It's the kind of belief that the demons have. But faith with love, it works. So this is where we have to look in the mirror and ask ourselves some hard questions. And I promise I mean we. When I found out I was going to be speaking on this chapter of James, um, I was excited, but I was also scared because this is, this is an area of my life that's been hard over the years for sure. What kind of faith in God, what kind of faith in Jesus do we have? Is it the same kind of faith we have in George Washington? Is it an uh, I believe in Jesus? I believe he's a good guy who actually walked the earth. I believe he said some awesome things, some very good things, some kind things. I believe he had good morals, and I believe he even performed incredible miracles. I believe in God. I believe he created the earth and the universe. I believe he's good. I believe he sent Jesus for us. That's all fine and well, but maybe you've experienced this. Those things alone, those, those, those thoughts, those intellectual beliefs, it doesn't work. That kind of faith made up of a list of facts about a distant God and a distant Jesus doesn't change much in my present life. Maybe it makes you sleep a little better at night, but probably not. That kind of faith is missing love, isn't it? It's missing relationship. If we want a faith that works, we have to be willing to enter into a loving relationship with God through Jesus. As we start to wrap up, let me share with you how my understanding and sort of position around this passage has changed over the course of my life and my relationship with God. I can remember reading James in my 20s and early 30s, and uh, for some reason, I heard an angry guy telling the church to get it together. <laughs> At the beginning of the letter, uh, if, you, if you remember back to, to chapter 1, the opening verses, James says, consider it all joy when you encounter trials of, of various types. And he, and he goes on to say, it's going gonna, it's gonna it to have its full effect. It's going to produce uh, per perseverance and let perseverance have its full, full effect. You know, he, he goes on with this whole thing. And, and all I could hear is a drill sergeant saying, suck it up, <laughs> like, like when bad stuff comes your way, good. It's going to make you better. <laughs> like, like that, was, that was my image of James for a long time. And uh, as I've aged and, quite frankly, been through a lot of trials, I've, I've been hurt and, and I've been the one to do the hurting. I, I hear it differently now, if not in content, at least in tone. I've come to really believe that when God speaks to us, when he says things to us, when he asks things of us, he, he really is rarely looking to actually get something from us. Instead, he's telling us something that he wants for us. Hear the difference. Rarely does God want something from us, but instead he wants something for us. God is a loving father. Better father than I am. Remember that. Hold on to that. Uh, back to the story of Caitlin and the Apple Pencil. Um, when I got her the wrong one, uh, which I didn't realize was wrong at first, had good intentions, but whatever, anyway, uh, and it didn't work, that didn't feel good. I was frustrated. Um, I was mad at myself, and, and really I felt, felt a bit stupid that I hadn't done enough research and, and didn't get it right. 
And to be clear, <clears throat> lest you mistake me for Father of the Year or something like that, that was this past Christmas, Christmas 2022, and I got her the right one. I did fix the mistake about three weeks ago. <laughs> um, so right around the end of June, I finally got around to buying the first-gen Apple Pencil, uh, and she is really enjoying it, in case you're curious. Um, I also have a second-generation Apple Pencil for sale, if anybody is interested. Um, but my point is this. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to give my daughter a gift that didn't work. I love her. I care about her. And I want to give her good gifts. God is a much better father than you or I will ever be. And he doesn't want us to have a faith that doesn't work. He wants a loving relationship with you that enables you to move in your faith. He wants your faith to be so big that you'll love big and that you'll trust that he'll take care of you even if somebody lets you down. He wants your faith to work when your company downsizes, when your kids don't turn out the way that you thought they would, when the marriage ends, when you can't seem to kick the habit no matter how hard you try, even when loved ones pass away. God wants my faith and your faith to work in those places. So how about we not settle for intellectual knowledge when he offers us so much more? When we have a loving relationship with our creator and savior, we can have a big faith, a faith that works, a faith that moves us to action. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that when we come to passages like this that can, can really spur debate and spur uh, you know, the, the, theological conversations around grace and, and, and works and action and, and, and whether or not our salvation is a gift or something that we work for. God, thank you that above all of that, what we get from you is a loving father who simply wants to be in relationship with his children. God, help us to focus on that. Help us to just to, to realize and embrace the fact that, that if we get that right, if we, if, if we just give ourselves to you and engage in relationship with you, works follow. Works are a product of that. If we're engaged in relationship with you, we can't help but do things that people will call works. Father, thank you that it doesn't have to be complicated. We make it complicated. We make it way more than it has to be. Thank you that you tell us, hey, love God, love my people. May we focus on that and let our actions flow from there. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Joining us. Uh, we'll see you back next week. Hey, thank you again so much for joining us today, for taking some time out of your schedule to hang out with us and engage uh, with the Word of God. Just a couple of things for you before you head out. Uh, number one, if you would like to help keep our church strong, uh, we would love for you to head over to our website at nextlevelchurch.org slash give and just click on the options there. Uh, everything you give helps us stay strong as a church and helps us to continue our mission to raise the reputation of Jesus where we live, work, and play. Um, also, 
If you got something out of this, if you enjoyed it, do us a favor. Like the video, share it, send it to a friend, uh, send it to somebody you think needs to hear it. That helps us get the message out and helps us just increase our reach, and we really appreciate that. Lastly, before you go, um, just by way of benediction, I want to read a verse to you. And this comes out of John chapter 14. Jesus in this moment, he's sitting with his disciples and it's, and it's closing in on the time that Jesus would go to the cross. So it's one of his last moments with his disciples. And Jesus understood what we talked about today. He understood that love and relationship were tied to the things that we do. In verse 15 of, of John chapter 14, he says this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Notice that he also is tying love and that relationship to the things that we do and the actions that we take. Let's keep that in the right order this week. Let's focus on loving God today and staying in a relationship with him. The works will surely follow. Thank you. Have a great week.